Welcome back. It is the Faith FM Breakfast Show. We are in our second hour, and where are we up to in our quiz? Mate, we have another clue for the Who Am I quiz, and I'm going to give it to you right now. Do it. Although I had Daniel thrown into a lion's den, <laughs> I regretted having to do it, and I hoped his God would deliver him. Who am I? If you think you know the answer, you can text or call through to 0491 and your name will go into the draw. This is one of the last opportunities. In fact, it's the last, the last opportunity to get your name in the draw for our books, the Jungle Doctor series, three of them. And, uh, yeah, text it through and you'll get your name in the draw. We'll be drawing it later on this morning. Yeah, nice. And, hey, there's a program happening uh, local around here, isn't there? There is. The Depression Recovery Anxiety Program. Uh, Dr. John Ashton mentioned it in the interview that we had with him just a minute ago about the brain. We've been talking a lot about the brain and mental health. We've had our regular interviews with um, Jennifer, Skews and whatnot. And so um, the Depression and Recovery Anxiety Program that is run by Dr. Neil Nedley or run invented by him, uh, is there's actually one running in Morissette at the moment and you can join in still and jump in on it if that's of interest to you. Um, you can find information about it on the Lakeside 7th Avenue's Facebook page and there's a whole program running there that might be of interest to you. Yeah, nice. Morissette is on the Central Coast and uh, you're all welcome to come along. So yeah, definitely get into that. And if you don't get that one, there's opportunities to connect <clears> into <throat> the program uh, elsewhere around Australia. So, so, yeah, depression yeah. recovery Reach programs happen globally, so there, sh- there might be one happening near you soon. Hey, let's check out some text messages from our listeners. I have uh, one that's gotten me pretty excited about. Uh, I'm going to read it out to you. It says this, um, I think your comparison with plant-based diet and an animal-based diet is not contextualized or as accurate as you guys are saying. I'm not sure if you have researched this enough to speak so objectively. Try not to show your bias so openly. Using logic, a cow's life cycle is much longer than a plant. Also, most Aussie farms use livestock to manage the land and store carbon. Just stick to religion. It's what you do better. Winky face. <laughs> well, I like the winky face, and I'm, gl- I'm glad that we do. I'm glad that we do do oh. better, do well on religion. Thank you. <laughs> well, actually, I'm afraid to tell this listener you've just poked the bear. <laughs> oh no, Blair is a pastor, absolutely. But I have previously studied nutritional medicine, and I've also spent years working at a health retreat, ed- educating people about plant-based health. So here it comes. <laughs> I'm going to be nice about this. But look, do you know, a little Google goes a long way. Um, so if you have this information is available to anyone online, you can check this out. But yeah, I, I am going to share some facts about an animal diet versus a plant-based diet and the effects of that on the planet. So animal agriculture actually produces 65% of the world's nitrous um, oxide emissions, which has a global warming impact, get this, 296 times greater than carbon dioxide. So raising livestock for human consumption generates nearly 15% of total global greenhouse gas emissions, which is greater than all the transport emissions combined. Wow, that is it's, significant. It's astronomical is what it is. So the main, uh, the main uh, um, climate change uh, propagators are uh, transport agriculture and uh, and deforestation wow. and agriculture um, animal agriculture is by far the largest because not only is it in its own category it also affects the other two categories because it takes up transport to move around you know animals and, and animal products and it also 
needs deforestation to create a farm. So I'm going to give you some facts here. So global greenhouse gas emissions, that, that figure is made of 51% due to livestock and their bypass and 13% due to transport, road, rail, marine. Um, live, livestock creates a GHG uh, just astronomical, 296 times more. Deforestation, one to two acres of rainforest are cleared every second for animal agriculture to take place. It's re- it's responsible for 91% of the Amazon destruction. Uh, acres of rainforest cleared, uh, so that's palm oil is 26 million, animal agriculture is 136 million. So 26 million versus 136 million between palm oil and animal agriculture. Uh, palm oil being the next one down, by the way, it's, what's that like? That's more like five, six times the amount. Species extinction due to animal agriculture. Every day, 110 animal and insect species are lost from rain. Excuse me, rainforest deforestation. It's the animal agriculture is the leading leading cause of species extinction, ocean dead zones, water pollution, and habitat destruction. When we look at waste, waste from a farm of just 2,500 dairy cows is equivalent equivalent to the waste of a city of almost half a million people, 411,000 people versus only 2,500 dairy cows. That's the exact same amount of waste. One hamburger is equal to 660 gallons of water. By the way, one gallon of water is about four litres. So you times that number by four, so that's about, what, 2,500 litres of water, equivalent to showering for two months. Every time you eat a hamburger, it's a two-month shower use of water. So the the meat and dairy industry themselves uh, use one-third of Earth's fresh water. That's where that's going. One-third of our fresh water is going into animal agriculture. So, for example, U.S. water use, um, 5% domestic, 55% animal agriculture. It's the, the, the statistics surrounding animal agriculture are just enormous. One third of land is decertified due to livestock. It covers more than 45% of our Earth's total land. We're basically dedicating our planet to being able to eat a steak. Wow. 45%. 90 million tons of fish are pulled from the ocean every year. A qu- uh, three quarters of the world's fisheries are exploited. Every one pound of fish caught is five pounds of unintended marine species caught and discarded as bike kill. So one to five, one pound of fish is five pounds of waste kill that they don't even use. I could go on for ages about this. One point five acres of land equals um, get this is this is and this is your plant based versus your meat. Three hundred and seventy five pounds of meat. The same amount of land you need to create that would create 37,000 pounds of plant-based food. So the land needed to feed one person per year on a vegan meal is one-sixth of an acre. To feed one meat eater is 18 times that amount. Wow. I mean, there's the, the, the pretty pretty confronting statistics. I mean, we yeah, that's that's a person that's who follows a vegan diet produces fifty percent less CO two, uses one eleventh of the amount of oil, one thirteenth amount of water, and one eighteenth of the amount of land compared to a meat eater. So yeah, there's some pretty hectic stats. You're welcome to check them all out. They're just online. Just Google pretty much anything, and you'll get there. But I do want to note that I know that you said we should stick to religion, but the thing is, 
how we treat the planet is connected to our religion. In Genesis, in the beginning of the Bible, we are charged with stewardship to look after the planet. And Revelation 11 tells us that God destroys those who destroy the earth. And at no point in history have we been so capable as humans due to the Industrial Revolution to be able to destroy the planet on the level that we're doing it now due to our, our appetite. Absolutely. And we yeah. want to thank our listener for texting in as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I is, love it. We love hearing different thoughts and ideas that are out there and wrestling with you know, the, the variety of ideas that are out there. So it helps us to think better as well when we sharpen each other. Yeah, and just one last thing. I have uh, We've actually invited Dr. John Ashton, who is a scientist, to come back in two weeks' time on Friday uh, Friday a fortnight to actually talk about this because he's well, a scientist true, I mean, and this is his field. It's true. I'm not an expert in this. I mean, you've got a little bit more training with your nutritionist. Uh, I've got a passion and enthusiasm, but that's not expert but but Dr. John Ashton, this is in the area of his study, and yeah, so this and would be I just, fantastic. I just want to reiterate: you don't have to be, you don't have to have a degree, you don't have to have a piece of paper, you don't have to have, um, you know, a doctor in this. You just have to read. Just have a passion for reading. Educate yourself. No one needs to give you a piece of paper saying that you're allowed to know this, allowed to talk about this. Mm. So yeah. Um, so thank you so much for sending this. Let's have a look at some other messages. I am very impressed by how many people are getting this quiz right because I personally had no idea who it was. I had to look it up. <laughs> Raphael says, the real test of kindness is found when we are under a stressful situation. Then our true character comes out. Amen. I do wonder how Christian groups would actually do. That is a really good point. When you're under stress, that's how you you know show who you really are. Uh, Raphael says, milk wars or climate control. Interesting connection. You do realize climate control is connected to Sunday laws. Ooh, that's a hot topic right there. Yeah, well, I mean, yes, there is. Yeah, interesting, interesting. There is, there is a lot. We should, we could probably yeah. delve into that in the whole subject. <laughs> yeah, we could we? do a whole week on yeah. that. But there is, yeah, there is a connection there that's worth exploring. Biden says, first thing I thought when hearing you on the radio, Mon, was that Blair, Blair's wife had given birth. <laughs> what an interesting morning this will be. <laughs> how, did you, how are you doing, Braden? Good to Lawson's hear from you. Lawson's prediction was wrong. He said it was coming yesterday. Oh, he got Didn't it happen. wrong. Raphael says, lockdown, the New South Wales government has, not, has now allowed people who got sick because of the vaccines for COVID to take legal action against companies who forced them to get vaccinated to keep their jobs. Interesting that health departments advised them to do it and now they have left the blame with the companies to cop the fines. Lockdowns will come back. It's part of the plan. Mm, hot topic, that one. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. I have another message saying, The brain, the battle of the mind, who will control it, God or Satan? There are no other choices. We are wonderfully created, amazing love from our God of love. That's absolutely true. Uh, Alan says, you go, girl, and don't forget the Effects of cattle manure leaching into waterways, killing the oceans with excessive nutrients leaching into the oceans. Uh, absolutely true, Alan. There is, you could spend months just going over the, the the negative side effects from animal agriculture. Brett says, "Brutal, nice work, Monica. You are telling them, lol." Um, and uh, yeah, the great messages coming in today. Appreciate them all. Awesome. Hey, well, we it's time for our Bible study this Amen. morning. Amen. And we're going to have an encounter with God through his word. Uh, we've been studying this week through, well, the whole series we've been looking at is the three angels' messages, which is God's last day message to prepare the world for his second coming. And we've been looking particularly at the first angel's message recently, which says, fear God and give glory to him. This is in Revelation chapter 14, verse 7. Fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come. 
and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. And so we've been focusing this whole week on that last phrase, worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. We've been looking at God as creator. And what what an amazing interview we had with Dr. John Ashton, um, uh, pulling out some of the aspects of the brain that speak to God as mm. our creator, evidence that, that, that we weren't just some... Uh, random process that's emerged out of nothingness. We're not. There's no purposelessness. But no, we we've been created with a purpose, and it speaks to a designer, a creator. And so our study today is called the Creator on the Cross, and we're going to have a, a look at the links here between creation and redemption. And it might seem a little bit strange at first that that there is a connection between creation and redemption. But there absolutely is. Um, and so we, of course, we looked earlier on this week at the creation account in Genesis uh, and we saw how God created the whole world and on the seventh day he rested on the Sabbath. And uh, and we're going to have a look today at how that really links in to the redemption story. Now, when Adam was first created on day six, uh, the first thing that he saw when he when he when when God created him, breathed life into him, he woke up. And the first thing that he experienced then was uh, everything was already made. Yeah, can you imagine being waking up? How amazing, right? Space in the world around you. Everything's done, and there is not one single thing that Adam could point to in creation that had his fingerprint on it that he made that he was creative for. Uh, All of it spoke to God as the creator, and he just had to rest in God's finished work of creation, and that's exactly what he did. The Sabbath came around, the seventh day of creation. God blessed and hallowed the seventh day, the Sabbath. He set it apart for a holy purpose. And Adam rested, Adam and Eve rested in, they experienced their first Sabbath, which is the memorial of creation. And of course, when we go to Exodus chapter 20, and I'm going to get you, Mon, to read for us Exodus chapter 20. And we're going to read Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, which is, a, which is actually the, the account of the Sabbath. And it, it's the, when God gives the Ten Commandments, he give, in the Sabbath commandment, he gives a reason for the Sabbath, uh, which links it back to creation. I'd love you to read verse uh, 8 through to 11 for us. I'll be reading Exodus 20 verses 8 through 11 from the NKJV. Remember the holy day to keep it. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle nor your stranger who is in, within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Fantastic. So we see there in. Chapter or verse eleven, I should say, uh, that the the Sabbath was set aside as a day of rest. It was it, the uh, the the command was that no work would be done and that rest would be extended to the whole household. And then the reason is given in verse eleven. What's the reason? The reason is this: for in six days the Lord made the heavens and earth. Wow! And He rested on the seventh. So it points to God as Creator. Yeah. It links it back to that creation account where God created the world in six days and then God himself rested on the seventh. And so this Sabbath is a memorial of creation. Uh, what I find really interesting, and I'm going to get you to turn with us now to Deuteronomy chapter 5, and I'm going to get you to read the second account of the Ten Commandments. We know, of course, that Moses took the Ten Commandments. He came down, and when he got brought the Ten Commandments down, 
Egypt had rebelled, uh, sorry, Israel had rebelled and they had begun worshipping a golden calf. In just a short time, they rebelled against God. Uh, how tragic. Yeah, and much so. they were worshipping this golden calf and Moses comes down, he, he, his heart breaks, he sees how quickly, how fickle the hearts of the people are and he actually breaks the Ten Commandments in a, in a very dramatic move. He throws them down, they're broken. And God commands him to go back up the mountain of Sinai and receive the tablets once again. And so we're reading here in Deuteronomy chapter 5, the second giving, uh, this, this, um, the second time the commandments are listed here, the commandments are actually listed in every particular the exact same except for one ex- one exception. Really? The Sabbath commandment. Oh. And I want you to notice here how the Sabbath, the reason for the Sabbath commandment here in this se- in this second telling in, in Deuteronomy chapter 5 is actually emphasizes a different aspect of what the Sabbath is a memorial of. So read for us, please, verse 12, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 12 to 16. Oh, oh sorry, verse 12 to 15. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your ox, nor your donkey, nor any of your cattle, nor your stranger which is within your gates. That is, your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. And remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. All right. So God gives the Sabbath command here. And he says, you know, again, you, this, the command's the same. You, 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 you'll rest. It's a day of rest. Extend that rest to others. That's the two principles of the Sabbath. Have a personal rest and extend that rest to others. Mm-hmm. And then the reason, though, in verse 15 is given differently. Instead of pointing back to creation, points back to a different event. Uh, what, what do we see in verse 15? The what? slavery in Egypt. That's right. Yeah. That God freed them from Egypt. He freed them from slavery. And uh, this is actually a reference here um, in, a, in a very real sense to being freed from slavery. And uh, this was a physical reality for the people of Israel. They were literally slaves. And uh, But we all receive, we're all subject to slavery of some form. We're all subject to, uh, in a spiritual sense, we're all slaves to sin. Mm. And God points here to the slavery that he frees us from. And, of course, the crowning act of freeing us from slavery was Jesus' work on the cross, the plan of redemption where Jesus died. He took our place uh, and he bore our sins and that he, lived, he took the penalty that we deserve that we may live the life that he deserved. And we see here um, this, uh, this reference to, and, and it's really interesting actually, the Jewish people actually burn two candles on Sabbath or Shabbat. Totally. Um, and, and it comes down to this here as well, this, um, this reference to, the Sabbath as a memorial of both creation and and freeing from slavery, mm. um, and 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 from our perspective, looking at this, we can see it as a memorial of creation and a memorial of redemption. What Jesus has done for us on the cross, and we see actually quite an, some amazing parallels between what Jesus did in the creation account and what we see in the redemption account. And we're going to go to John chapter nineteen and just have a few a look at some of these things. Um, of course, when Jesus died on the cross, he went and uh, he went and was hung on the cross on Friday afternoon, and uh, he was buried in the grave on Friday evening, coming into Sabbath, and he stayed in the grave across all of Sabbath, and then he rose on Sunday, the first day of the week, and uh, in 
this is quite quite amazing really we see even in Jesus's death on the cross in the in his redemption plan we see Jesus in a sense uh doing following that creation plan uh with the resting on the sabbath and then coming up on the sunday and resurrecting and and beating the power of sin. This is um, a great argument for people who say that God is irrelevant. Like, who doesn't want a God who frees you and gives you rest? He did it for the Egyptians, and he's still doing it for us now. Absolutely. That's exactly the point. Uh, and so we're going we're, we're gonna to have an explore here through some of the passages here um, and that look at, because, of course, Jesus said it is finished, right, when mm. he was hanging on the cross. Um, and and we're gonna we're gonna pick that up. If you can go to John chapter nineteen and read for us verse twenty eight to thirty. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture must be fulfilled, said, "I thirst." Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, and put it to, to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, "It is finished." And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It's time for the last one. All right. Last clue. Yeah, I gave you a wrong steer last time. I said the last clue was the last one, but this is the last one. And bonus. Who am I? My name begins with a D. Ooh. My name begins with a D. <laughs> We're narrowing it down. If you think you know the answer, you can text it through to 0491064669. And this is the last opportunity to get your name into the prize to win three of the Dr. Jungle Book series. Yes. Which We're drawing you, that after. We're doing break. it. We're, it's yeah. coming up today, Next. right now. Mm. So get your name in, last chance, text it through, and we will um, yeah, we'll, we'll make that draw a little bit later on. Hmm, who could it be? Is it David? Is it Daniel? Is it Delilah? Ooh, we'll find out. <laughs> hey, we're, we're studying through the Bible in our uh, looking at creation, and we've just been we've just read the account there in John chapter nineteen, where Jesus, hanging on the cross, said, "It is finished." Mm. As he was, he'd, he'd completed the work that he had come to do, that redemption work, and and at the end, as he was hanging on the cross, just as he died, he said, "It is finished." And um, this, again, echoes back to that creation work where God finished his creation work. He rested on the Sabbath. And we're going to read about that. Please read for us Luke chapter 23, verses 52 through to 24, verse 1. Let me just find that. This, here we go. <clears throat> Sorry. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen, and laid it in a tomb that was hewn out of the rock, where no one had ever lain before. That day was a preparation, and the Sabbath drew near. And the woman who had come... So just pause for one second. That was preparation day. This Mm. is So which day is this? Friday. Friday, right? Preparation for the Sabbath. And it said the Sabbath drew near, so we're coming into Friday evening, sunset, uh, into the Sabbath. It's almost exactly as we are right now. Absolutely. And the woman who had come with him from Galilee, followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, and Jesus was no longer there. Amen. So, wow, what a, what a, this just gives us the timeline there. Jesus hanging on the cross on Friday afternoon, he said, it is finished. He dies. And he, in that act, he, 
he is his death on the cross he completes the work of redemption and his followers they come they take him down they put him in the in the grave the sabbath was drawing near they wanted to wrap him but they they weren't able to because they rested on the sabbath and they observed the sabbath day jesus stayed in the grave he rested on the sabbath and then on sunday on the first day of the week verse luke 24 verse 1 says they went to to go bring the spices with them to prepare to wrap him but Jesus was no longer there. And this, again, links us back. This is a very clear link between creation and redemption. Uh, just as Adam woke up and couldn't add one single thing to God's creative work, all he could do is rest in God's finished creative work and say, God is good. This is amazing. And just look at all the things that God had made. Uh, as we look at God, Jesus' work in redemption, his death on the cross, uh, we see that same pattern taking place. Um, the, Jesus says it is finished on Friday. He observes the Sabbath. And um, and we, as we look at that redemption story, just as Adam couldn't add anything, couldn't do anything, he couldn't point to one thing that his hand had done that contributed to creation. As we look at redemption, so too we can't add a thing to God's finished work. Jesus was standing there, on the, he stood there on the cross. He said, it is finished. And he finished the work of redemption. And we just have to look and behold and take beauty in that. And so this Sabbath um, memorial, this Sabbath, this act of Sabbath each week is a reminder. It's a memorial of God's creative power, but it's also a memorial of his redemptive work and his finished creative work and his finished redemptive work, which as humans, we can't add to anything. We can't add to his creation. We can't add to his redemption. All we can do is rest in it on the Sabbath, and see the goodness of God and worship Him. Amen. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's so many clear connections between creation and redemption. And, you know, as we as we kind of flesh out these different ideas, um, it's, it's really beautiful. I want to turn to one more text in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. And I'll read this. Oh, if you, do you, you, you can do it, Mon. You, let's go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. And this is uh, a text that it, we explored earlier on this week, but what is worth just touching on again at this time uh, as we remember God's creative work. And if you want to read Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 for us. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. So we see here again that God has created everything through him and and everything is sustained because of him. And uh, yeah, I just I love how the Bible makes brings this out and, and, and emphasizes this as a reason for the God being worthy of worship. And, uh, you know, as we, we see it in the book of John, in John chapter 1, uh, we see John lifting the passage from Genesis chapter 1. You know, of course, Genesis 1, 1, God created the world. In the beginning, God created the world, um, the heavens and the earth and all, you know, that the, the famous text of creation. And then in John chapter 1, uh, where John introduces the Messiah, uh, he introduces the Messiah in John chapter 1, verse 27. He says, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. Uh, a clear picture, a clear reference to Jesus as the Lamb of God, who is the Redeemer, and it, as he points to Jesus as the Redeemer and introduces Jesus as the Messiah, as the Redeemer, he lifts language from John from Genesis one one, and John one one says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and all things were made through Him. Nothing was made that was made." 
uh, without him. Mm. And so we see here, again, a clear link between creation and redemption. John lifting that language from creation in the beginning, and you, not Genesis 1.1, it's John 1.1, and he then introduces the Messiah, uh, the Redeemer, Jesus. And so we just see it all through Scripture, these links between redemption and creation, and it really is, uh, I guess, as we're reflecting on God as creator and His, you know, why we should worship him as creator, um, is there any better reason to worship God than his work of redemption? Yeah, amen. I mean, this is this just highlights the the work that he's done for us. He makes uh, uh, through the plan of redemption, he makes available each of us a chance to be reconciled to God. And uh, you know, without without this, we would be, you know, where would we be? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we'd uh, be lost. We we need no this. hope. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think as we as as we finish off this week's study, looking at the first angel's message, and we see that call in the first angel's message to to worship, to fear God, to give glory to Him, because the hour of His judgment has come. Uh, all of these things we're called to do. We're called to fear God. We're called to give glory to Him. We're called to recognize that His judgment hour has begun, in light of the fact that uh, because. Uh, uh, because he has made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water, because he is our creator God. Uh, and and what better way to worship? And, of course, you know, we've seen that that, that phrase there is of lifted out of the Sabbath commandment, which points not only to God as creator, but also points to his finished work of redemption, which, uh, which as you and I and as all of our listeners here today, uh, we all sit in the same boat. We are redeemed by the blood of Jesus and not one of us can add to that work. All we can do is rest in that finished work of redemption, praise him for it, and uh, worship him as our creator and redeemer who humbled himself. Philippians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8 says he humbled himself. He took on the appearance of a man. He became obedient to the point of death, even to the death of a cross. What a God we serve. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It is time to spin the wheel to see who won our quiz this oh, week. Yeah, it's spin the wheel, exciting. DJ Shell. There it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. Yeah! Hey, before we announce the winner, take us through the answers, Blair. Okay, so the Who Am I quiz? The first quiz was in the age. At, oh, sorry. At the age of 62, I took over as king after Belshazzar was slain. Uh, I issued a decree forbidding to pray to any god or man except me for 30 days. I had those who falsely accused Daniel, along with their wives and children, thrown into a lion's den. And although I had Daniel thrown into a lion's den, I regretted having done it, and I hoped his god would deliver him. And finally, the name begins with a D. The answer, of course, is Darius. 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 Oh, what a dude. Oh, what a guy. And, you know, yeah, I mean, he took over after Belshazzar, um, king of Babylon, was killed, and uh, Medo-Persia came into power. He made those decrees about, you know, his law goes. It can't be changed. The law of the mm. Medes and the Persians yep. can't be changed. And um, he got tricked into Daniel. And our winner is on the line with us right now. Who are we talking to? Hello. Hello, who's there? Oh, is that Hannah? Yes, hi. Congratulations. You've won three of Dr. Paul's best love books, the Jungle Doctor series. Hey, I got a question. Are these for you or are they for like a kid in your life? 
Um, this is probably for Samuel. <laughs> oh, oh thank you. Who's Samuel? Oh, other than the Hannah, Bible this character. This is Hannah. Hannah. I didn't realize. I th- <laughs> this is. That's okay. Is this someone you know? Blue? Yeah, absolutely. So you 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 win them for little Samuel. That's awesome. How old is Samuel? <laughs> He's two. Oh, wonderful. He's going to love these books. Just promise me when you read them to him, you're good to do all the voices. Oh, no, I already <laughs> do other books, so don't worry. There will be a lot of expression. Oh, nice, <laughs> lovely. Okay, well, we'll be sending you three of uh, three of the Jungle Doctor books, um, and I'm sure Samuel will absolutely enjoy those. Oh, thank you, guys. Hey, let's go through some last-minute messages. we got some texts coming in. Uh, we've got one from Paula, very interesting. It says, after the flood, God said Noah could eat meat because there were no plants growing. Meat was never intended to be a man-made industry slaughter and slaughtering factories. Uh, consumerism, consumerism encouraged the household to have meat on their table seven days a week. Can you think of the poor animals, how they suffer? Great Bible study. That, Paula, is a really great point because you know what? That was also the moment when man's lifespan dramatically decreased with the addition of meat into the diet. They started living shorter and shorter. And it goes to show that when you actually, um, you know, it, it makes perfect sense that when you actually stop eating animals and animal products, your lifespan actually increases. And we know this from the Blue Zone studies which is a study of the longest living people on the planet. Um, and one of those is the Seventh-day Adventists. And it's because of their plant-based diet that they actually live so long. That's right, the Eden diet. That's it, yeah. What God originally intended. Yeah, it can't go wrong when you take God's advice, I have to tell you. Um, and you can actually see more biblical accounts of that. Like It's definitely a religious thing. You can see the account of um, Daniel. We were just talking about Daniel and Darius. That's right. He purposed in his heart in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, not to defile himself with the king's foods. That's right. Uh, yeah, he, he took a stand on health reform yep. and it paid off. Didn't want to eat rich, uh, meaty foods. It got his mind in the place where he could be making spiritual decisions. and can, yeah. Yeah, making... I think he asked specifically for lentils even, didn't he? Doesn't the Bible say the word lentils at one point? Yeah, I'm not sure about that one, maybe. Yeah, so so definitely a uh, plant-based diet was uh, God's original plan. It's a it's a diet where there's no harm, there's no harm to animals and there's no harm to the body, um, and which is definitely a great way to live your life, to be perfectly honest. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who sent in messages today. We really, really enjoyed those messages. Uh, if you have something you want to say or add, um, 0491-064-669 uh, is the number to call or text. Uh, you will get DJ Shell if you give us a call, and uh, and she will pass on messages to us. Hey, Blair, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, this was fun. It's been a real Let's pleasure. Let's do it again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what? I'm going to be praying for you and your wife over this weekend. Yes, and maybe you. on Monday morning when we do the show. Have some news. Have some breaking some news. news. Maybe you won't be here. Maybe you'll be in a hospital. <laughs> hey, remember, talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be For being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.